Welcome in to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recording live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Coach Bono's Show. Check out the Facebook page. You can search for Coach Bono's Show. It's the first thing you'll find if you do a search and uh, like us there. You can also email us anytime at Show at gmail.com. This is episode 50. We're officially 50 episodes in. Uh, just so happy to be here right now. No big uh, pomp and circumstance for episode 50. We're just going to be me doing a few rants today, and uh, we'll save all the pomp and circumstance for later on down the road when we get to 100. Um, hey, I want to talk about a couple things, just kind of starting out and just uh, kind of pre-warn everybody. It is Sunday night. It's late. I am sunburned. I'm tired. I did get a nap, but I uh, went and watched my Boston Red Sox uh, in person all weekend in Kansas City, and cannot be more disappointed with the outcome to the games. Uh, I did make a new friend, a little seven-year-old Jalen. Just a shout out to my main man, Jalen. I hope you enjoy the ball. And uh, we had a good time. We we had a great time. Me and the kiddo went on uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Took the wife today, Sunday, and we had a great time. I'm so happy that Jen and I could go to a game and enjoy it. So, uh, thank you to the wife and the kiddo for having a great time with me all weekend. Um, like I said, a little sunburned. I did come right home and got a nap uh, just because I was pretty wore out from sitting in the sun. And then the wife surprised me with some Whataburger, which was on point. But, uh, hey, I want to do a few rants today. I've got a couple of them. I, I want to start with... Um, I mentioned at the end of the point five on Friday, I talked about Sam Mills and kind of how that was a real personal thing for me with the Hall of Fame. I did get to watch his uh, the video of his wife, Melanie, um, in her speech. I thought it was a beautiful speech. I thought uh, Jim Mora, uh, the former coach, uh, was the perfect presenter for Sam Mills. And I just thought it was great that Melanie Mills, uh, Sam's widow, really discussed the man and his legacy. And I just wanted to say to all of the Hall of Fame, um, the new Hall of Famers in in, in football, congratulations. They're all really well-deserved. I've seen most of the speeches now. Uh, Bryant Young's was incredible. Um... Melanie Mills was great. I haven't got to watch all of them. I'm going to watch them all the next couple days. But I just wanted to point that out. I thought they were pretty spectacular. Um, you know, short and sweet. But at the same time, I I like things like that. So I really enjoyed it. And I wanted to uh, chat that up a little bit. I'm going to do uh, two quick news pieces. And then we're going to talk about something on the backside a little bit in more in-depth. The first thing, this may go under the radar to some people, but I think this could be our next big news story in sports. And that is that Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, and 11 more, 11 other golfers on the Live Tour are filing an antitrust lawsuit against the PGA Tour. Uh, In this PGA, uh, the anti-lawsuit, antitrust lawsuit 
we're finding that uh, we have found it's been made public now that the Department of Justice is actually investigating the PGA Tour's handling of its players and whether and is now looking into whether they've engaged in anti-competitive behavior involving the suspension of players because of them playing in the Live Tour. Uh, there's a number of people, Mickelson's the big one, uh, uh, Brooks Kepka, uh, Bryce DeChambeau, who have um, exemptions to play in the majors, the U.S. Open, the British Open, the Masters, because of either winning. In Mickelson's case, he actually has a career exemption. As long as he's an active player, he is able to play the, the Masters in the, I think it's the Masters in the U.S. Open. Um, but I found that interesting that one of the things um, that's been talked about here and in the lawsuit, it, uh, the, in the, the lawsuit claims that the PGA has pressured the major championship bodies into doing their, their bidding. Uh, specifically, it talked about Augusta National Chairman Fred Riley uh, threatened to disinvite players from the Masters if they joined the Live Tour. Uh, he personally instructed a number of participants in the 2022 Masters not to play in the Live Golf Invitational and that Ridley declined to meet with Live Golf CEO Greg Norman to understand the new circuit's business model. This is all quotes from an ESPN article I want to give uh, from uh, Mark Schlebach. I want to give the proper uh, information there. Uh, Several of the suspended players have exemptions. Um, this is, includes Mickelson, uh, who's the big one, and he has an exemption until 2026 for the U.S. Open. Uh, he has um, an exemption at other places. DeChambeau uh, is exempt until 2030, and at the Masters and the PGA until 2025. So it, it's... Um, Interesting to see what will happen here. I think that this is going to be the next big sports business case. Let's keep an eye on what happens here. Is there an antitrust issue between Live Golf and uh, the PGA Tour? Now, I am someone who's not a big, big, I'm not a big fan of the Live Golf Tour. Doesn't nothing to do with the players. I don't like that the players are taking this money, but where the money's coming from, I think, is a big deal. And the players who are taking that money have to live with those consequences. But it's in sports, what the PGA is doing may not be legal. So um, I, we're going to talk a little bit about this. I'm sure Ellen will have some thoughts on the point five. And she is our legal counsel. I'm sure she'll have some ideas and some thoughts. But I found it interesting that not only do we have this lawsuit, but also the fact that the DOJ, the Department of Justice, is actually investigating the PGA Tour. That could get a little hairy. So let's see what happens there. The next one, I think, um, is another place. Again, this, is our, this story, along with the next one I just talked about, these are sort of emerging stories that I think are going to be interesting, and let's see what happens. Um, we are now seeing that Senator Tommy Tuberville, if you know Tommy Tuberville, he's a former 
uh, head football coach at Auburn um, and a couple other places as well. He is now working, he's a Republican, and he's working with Senator Joe Manchin, who's a Democrat from West Virginia, and they are trying to put together some sort of NIL, some guidance, national guidance for NIL. Uh, we understand they've reached out to Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC. Now, we're talking about the Southeastern Conference, not the Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, they're trying to get some questions answered of what the SEC and its schools would like to see. Uh, Greg Sankey is the most powerful man in sport in college sports right now, and he's going to have a say in this. Um, but we do seem to have people from both sides of the aisle in name, if you ask me, I know Joe Manchin's probably as right-leaning as a Democrat as you can get. And Tommy Tuberville, I personally don't think is qualified enough to wash my car. But um, he is someone that has, you know, now is a senator and he does have a background in college sports. Um, my biggest question here is who is representing the players? I think that really needs to be talked about. I don't think the players are going to have any say in this. And to me, that is not a good thing. Um, I think that what we're going to see is, you know, someone like a Greg Sankey, coaches, administrators coming in, and they're going to try to limit the rights of players in NIL. The problem is I see it. And I'm not going to get into the legal aspects. I'm not an attorney. But the problem as I see it is that it looks like we have a good old boy system that's now been turned on its ear because of the legal battles that the NCAA has lost. And now we've got people trying to hold on to you know, their power. We've seen coaches come out who say they're they're not. They don't like the NIL stuff. I mean, Nick Saban's one of these guys who said a lot about it in a negative way. Um, uh, Dabo Sweeney has said some very negative things about NIL. And why is that? Well, it's taking some of the power away from coaches and giving it to the players. And I, I do worry. Yes, I do think there should be a set of rules that programs and individuals can be accountable to. It's like we need laws in society. But what I do wonder is who, if anybody, is going to represent the players. Um, you know, And if there is someone who's going to be in those meetings representing the players, how do we know they have the players' best interest? There is no union. And if you go and make these rules and maybe have some national law, well, are we going to see an antitrust lawsuit against that because players had no representation in the room? Would that create some sort of a union for players? These are, this is a huge story. It's a huge thing. Now, I'm not, again, and I know that I get a lot of grief because I'm very pro-player. I think these young men and these young women who are who are athletes should be able to get their money. Absolutely believe they should be able to capitalize themselves off their name, their image, and their likeness. 
And I do think the universities and those programs also have the right to use the name, the image, the likeness. The same as you see in the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, WTA, USGA, everything. The difference is here, the players are not being represented. In the NBA, you have, you, have the, you have the Players Association. You have one in Major League Baseball. You've got one in the NFL. You've got one even in the WNBA. The players, these young men, these young women, need representation at the table. And if they don't get that in this lawmaking process, then this, whatever rules and whatever laws that Joe Manchin and Tommy Tuberville sponsor and push out there, it's not going to be successful. It's not, it's going to be questioned. It's going to be, there'll be lawsuits. And we won't get a set of rules until we get true representation for players. Whether that's a union, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. Again, I'm not a legal expert. I'm just saying I understand how this may go. And this is going to be an ugly battle for a while, I think. Um, this is going to be very interesting to me. And I, I want to say one last thing on this part real quick. I have heard some people, whether it's people I know, uh, people that are, you know, in, in media, in sports media, uh, even as people on social media saying, hey, this is ruining sports. NIL is ruining college sports. And it's not the same game anymore. And these players don't play for the love of the game. Look, let's be very, very clear about something. Players don't play for the love of the game at the college. They play for a scholarship. And they have been underpaid for years, for generations. And they've been tossed aside for generations. Thank you. Come on in. Play for a couple years. You're out of here. The next one up. And it's important that these people get a say. Just like anybody else who works. We have the say of moving to our own job. I worked for a large corporation for years. I decided 10 years ago, this was not going to work for me anymore. And I started my own business. I had the luxury to do that. We have, we're dealing with people who are 18 to 23 at the most. And they don't have that luxury. They're still young. but They're being used by a system that's really been exploited. I mean, you can call it slave, you can call it slavery if you want in a way. It, it's been an exploited system as far back as we can remember. And the money has been an issue for years. This is not just NIL. This goes back to the first time that a football game got put on television. When bowl, football bowl games got put on TV, when you have a Saturday night ABC or ESPN game, those players aren't being paid for that. They're the product. So for the people who are saying that the players getting money 
is ruining college sports. College sports got ruined a long time ago. It's just now the rabbit has the gun, and they have the opportunity to make the money. It isn't just going to the high-paid coaches. If you think for one moment Nick Saban, who to me is the greatest college football coach of all time, I don't think it's even in question. If you think he's worth $10 million a year, but the football quarter, the quarterback of the Alabama team of the Alabama Crimson Tide is only worth a scholarship, you're crazy. You're just absolutely shit fucking nuts. So Bryce Young, Alabama's quarterback through NIL, made a million dollars in 2022. 21-22. Good for him. Good for him. He's the quarterback of the Alabama Crimson Tide. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. Good for him. And I really don't begrudge any of these young people the opportunity to make money. But I do begrudge is that these people are not going to be represented at the negotiating table when it comes to making laws. And instead we've got old white men like Tommy Tuberville who is really just a a genuine piece of shit of a person. I've heard some stories about Tommy Tuberville. Again, I wouldn't trust that guy to wash my car. And Joe Manchin, who will hijack anything he can hijack to get a little something, a little rub for him out of it. We're going to put these two guys in charge? That's ridiculous. Because they're only going to listen to Greg Sankey, to Nick Saban, who I know Joe Manchin has a relationship with. And obviously Tuberville knows. If they're listening to those guys, if they're listening to 60 and 70-year-old white men, and they're not listening and not able to hear the problems and what's respectful for the 20-year-old young man who is trying to get his way into college and trying to do something better for he and his situation, or the young woman who's able to go and play a sport to get herself a scholarship and better her situation. If you're not listening to them and they're the ones out there bleeding, sweating, working, and everything they do day in and day out, if they're not, if they don't have a say in this, then none of these rules matter. And it's going to be shown because it's going to be heavily, heavily lost. There's going to be some lawsuits all over the place with this. Okay, real quick, we'll jump in here with one of our uh, one of our great great sponsors. That's Gold Belly. You guys know I've been on Gold Belly for a few months now. I want to keep this moving. Right now, Gold Belly is doing the Great American Sandwich Sale. You can get up to thirty percent off on some really great sandwich options from around the country. I'm gonna give you a few of them here. Pat's King of Steaks, the cheesesteak place in 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 uh, Philly. Joe's KC Barbecue, yum. Um, Luke's Lobsters, um, the Central Grocery Muffaletta in New Orleans. Oh, my gosh. If you've never had it, it's so, so good. Primenti Brothers in Pittsburgh is another one. Right now, sandwich sales going on up to 30% off. And if you use our link in the show notes, you get $25 off your first order. So get in there. Use the link in the show notes. Go to Gold Belly. Save yourself some money. Enjoy some great food, and we thank Goldbelly for sponsoring the podcast today. 
All right, last thing I want to do, I want to jump in here, and I will be remiss to say I'm a little behind on this. Um, last Sunday, we lost Bill Russell. And I think that it's really important to talk about Bill Russell. And so I wanted to do this on my own. I wanted to just kind of give my thoughts as someone who's been a great admirer of his literally my whole life. Uh, full disclosure, my dad as a kid was a Celtics fan. I grew up a Celtics fan. Not as big a Celtics fan today, but um, always was a great admirer of Bill Russell. And, you know, as a kid, you see a player just for what they did on the court. And I want to talk about the man, Bill Russell. Um, this is someone who... I heard a great quote. It said, Bill Russell's legacy is he was the brilliant team player who backed down to no one on and off the court. On the court, we know the accolades. An 11-time NBA champion, 5-time MVP, 12-time All-Star. Um, he off the, uh, he was also the very first, uh, very first African-American coach in the NBA, uh, following as the Celtics coach upon the retirement of Red Auerbach. Uh, he won the NBA Lifetime Achievement Award in 2017. The uh, All-Star Game MVP is now the Bill Russell Award. Um, as a coach, he was a two-time NBA champion. He won the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2011. And none of that tells you how great a man Bill Russell was. Baseball celebrates... Jackie Robinson and does a fantastic job, if you ask me, of celebrating Jackie Robinson. Bill Russell's legacy is really, his impact is just as great. This was a man who played his entire career in Boston in the 60s and 50s, 50s and 60s. This was not the best time to be an African-American athlete. Let's just get that straight and get that out there. Instead, and he was, his own team, his own own fans shouted things like, go back to Africa, call him a baboon, use the N-word repeatedly. You know, there's the, the famous story of people breaking into his home, you know, painting racial slurs on the walls, defecating in his bed. I mean, that's a story that's been out there for years, and we've all heard these just horrible things that happened to Bill Russell. But he fought against it. And his advocacy, not just for, um, for, for athletes, his advocacy, uh, he was someone that, you know, marched with Dr. King. He is someone who worked tirelessly with the likes of Muhammad Ali and Jackie Robinson and Jim Brown and others to try to get the black athlete just as much representation as the white athlete, but not just the athletic parts of it. In a society, he understood that he could be someone that people could look at and say, this is a positive person. This is someone who can help. He took the energy of negativity that was put around him, flipped it, and used it in a positive way. This is a great, great quote from Bill Russell himself. He's a black athletes and musicians 
are accepted as entertainers, but were not accepted as people. His legacy is his insistence that he and other African-American players and people are just seen as people, just as human beings, just like you and I. And Bill Russell, on and off the court, was a great man and someone that would not be denied. This is a man who's from rural Louisiana, West Monroe, Louisiana, which is up in the north part of Louisiana. Uh, grew up, ended up getting his, uh, not a heavy recruited basketball player, ended up getting one offer, which is the University of San Francisco. Ended up playing the University of San Francisco. Uh, in his time there, he became the first overall pick in the 1956 draft. Um, took, I mean, was this is the guy who was the Western Conference Player of the Year, two-time Helms Player of the Year, UPI College Player of the Year. He was the NCAA Tournament Most Outstanding Player, two-time NCAA Champion at University of San Francisco. He took that, that determination, that grit, to go from West Monroe, Louisiana, to San Francisco, and then took that experience into the 1956 Olympics where they won the gold medal. Uh, from there, he became a Boston Celtic. Uh, after being drafted originally by... The St. Louis, the old St. Louis Hawks. He was then traded to the Boston Celtics. Uh, the Celtics ended up uh, using and making Russell the centerpiece of those great, great, that great run from 56 to really the mid 60s. I mean, the guy won 11 championships. Red Hour about built a dynasty around Bill Russell. And it just, what he means to the sport cannot be diminished. But what he meant off the court was even greater. Uh, again, his legacy, I mean, someone who has inspired generations of black athletes to stand up for injustice. Um, I, it, it almost brings me to tears to think about those players, those guys like Bill Russell, like Muhammad Ali, um, Jackie Robinson, what they must have gone through. And in the Jim Crow era of sports, and really of the Jim Crow era of life in the United States, and I see some of those things now in our country. You know, we see a certain segment of people saying that athletes should shut up and dribble. Uh, Bill Russell wasn't having it in the 1950s, in the 1960s, and that legacy continues today. And here in 2022, I would encourage all athletes, if you've got a voice, continue to use it in a way to help others, to inspire future generations, and to not take the shut up and dribble and to keep moving forward. Rest in peace, Bo Russell. Thank you for what you've done for basketball what you've done for America, what you've done for generations of people. And let's take that example and let's move forward and make this a better world for all of us. Uh, we're going to keep it kind of short today. I'm going to go ahead and cut us out here about 30 minutes in. And 
Um, take it easy. Uh, you'll, we'll be back on Friday with the point five. I'm sure Ellen will be in with me, and we'll talk about what's going on in sports this week and have a little fun with some stuff. While I got you here, before I say thanks to everybody, I want to hip you to a great podcast, and that is my main man, Luke Slaybaugh, Raw Tools with Luke Slaybaugh here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I think Luke's pod is the best one on the Studio Soapbox Network right now. My man is killing it over there. If you get a chance, check it out. Anywhere you get this podcast, just search for Raw Tools with Luke Slaybaugh and uh, check him out. Give him a listen. He's a really great, uh, smart young guy. Lots of experience, lots of people. He does some great interviews. I've really been impressed with what Luke is doing, and I, I beg of you to check him out. I want to thank uh, Tyler Jones. I'll be back on the Jones Report again this week uh, doing the football fix. We're going to start getting into the NFL season, and we'll get more football going here in the next couple weeks as well. Uh, I want to thank everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Anywhere you get your podcast, we appreciate every five-star review. So until Friday, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. Remember your time tokens are non-refundable. Take care, everybody.